I knew it wasn't going to work out with Phil about halfway through our first date. Bobby, eager to pair off his single friends, had invited both of us to dinner in Soho without much thought to our compatibility. Phil was short and slender with small, pointy, feminine features like a ferret in drag. But I wasn't going to let his looks thwart the possibility of romantic connection. It was January and I'd just made a resolution to be less superficial in the new year. All my life, I'd been a single white female seeking an intellectual male supermodel. This was a lot like trying to date the Loch Ness Monster. I was ready to submit that the species was just a myth. But Phil, my blind date, came from a nice family, went to a good school, and had a big boy job in finance. So I was going to look right past that girlish rodent face into his beautiful, I hoped, soul. The restaurant was small and unpopular. We ordered drinks and appetizers and got to know each other a bit, with Bobby playing host. Phil, you and Amy have something in common. You're both from Connecticut. Really? What part? Westport. I'm from Stanford. Oh. So maybe we didn't have a cosmic connection, but I was still cheerily optimistic that Phil had something charming or special about him waiting to be revealed. At some point, I got up to pee, locating the tiny drafty bathroom across the way. There I was, jeans down around my ankles in the stall, when I heard voices loud and clear like they were next to me. It was Bobby asking Phil, So, what do you think of Amy? Through some trick of the acoustics, the sound of their conversation had traveled up into the ceiling rafters and down into the bathroom as easily as water through pipes. She's a nice girl, Phil began. I stopped peeing so I could hear even better. This was a rare opportunity, the realization of that fantasy where I'm invisible and I can hear what everyone's saying about me. But you know, Phil continued, she's got a lot of junk in the trunk. I was stunned. If this had been a reality show, one of those record-scratching sound effects would have really captured the moment. Let me just set the record straight about my ass before it sues me for slander. My ass is one of the least objectionable parts of my body. It's round, it's firm, it has pizzazz. If my ass had a job, it would be entertaining the troops in the USO. If my ass had a name, it would be Lola. My trunk has spunk. Now, had Phil directed his critique elsewhere, say, my training bra boobs or the premenstrual volcano on my chin, I might have stayed locked in the bathroom all night, tearful and humiliated. But his critique wasn't so much hurtful as ironic. Here I was, renouncing my superficiality, pledging to embrace inner beauty, and Ferretface thinks I've got a big butt. I returned to the table, wondering how and when to expose my secret knowledge. The opportunity presented when the waitress asked if we wanted dessert. Phil turned to me. Do you want to split something? I paused, looked deeply into his eyes, and told him, I don't think so. I want to be careful not to put too much junk in my trunk. Months later, I heard Phil turn gay. Okay, that's not strictly true, but it's what I like to tell myself and Lola. <laughs>